you know, but the, the mindset that, that we have right now is vastly different from what it was when I first started there, you know, and, and it's, it's pretty cool to watch, you know, these kids, you know, we got a couple girls that are, are front squatting over 135 and they've never done that before, you know, and, and they're like, I don't know if I can do it. Like, yeah, you can just do it. Just here we go. You know, and, and then when they start doing that, then they're, they're building the confidence in themselves. And, and I think when, when, when there is a little bit of a grind and a little bit of you know, the ability to come over, to overcome some adversity, and you see these kids are shining. And welcome back to another episode of the Conjica Chats. Before going into the episode, I want to thank our sponsors, starting with the DOYSC, the Department of Young Strength Coaches. This group is designed for young strength coaches wanting to go into the field of strength and conditioning, whether that's CSCS prep, GA or internship opportunities, or even live discussions. They are a resource for young coaches to take advantage of. I will put the link to the Discord in the description of this episode. Also, Team Builder. Team Builder is the software for performance coaches around the world. Their powerhouse platform provides coaches with the elevated experience when it comes to program development, data tracking, and staying connected with athletes and clients. T-Bose is full of tools that coaches need, like multiple max training methods, 16-plus reports, evaluation testing, goal setting, to name a few. Coaches also have access to consultations with team builders and house sports scientists to help manage and analyze data. Head to teambuilder.com and sign up with the promo code CONJUGATE to receive a 30-day free trial as well as a 52-week football workout program. So please be sure to rate, like, subscribe, and even share this podcast with a fellow coach or a fellow in iron. I'm your host, John Mark Raspberry, kind of a current strength coach um, looking for uh, a place to land currently right now. So, um, But I'm on here today with a coach, Justin Loudon, who was also 2019-2020 Colorado State Coach of the Year. 21. 21. Okay. I just, I'm glad you're here to, to fact check me on that, too. Um, so, Coach Loudon, uh, welcome to the Conjugate Chats, man. It's awesome to have you on, man. Yeah, man. I appreciate the invite. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. So, um, kind of give the people... Listen in here a little bit of background about yourself. Uh, where have you been? How did you get started? Why strength and conditioning? Why the high school realm? Yeah, uh, so this is actually my ninth year in education. Um, so when I graduated college uh, from Lock Haven University, um, that was that was kind of the, the starting of the strength and conditioning. Um, I was having a hard time, to be honest with you, um, getting down the weight my, my, my freshman year. And, and our strength coach, um, you know, we kind of sat down and we talked about it and that was after a really hard weight cut, um, something that, you know, it wasn't pretty, it was ugly. And, you know, we kind of sat down and came to the game plan on how to do this um, the right way. And that was kind of where I guess I kind of really got started with it, you know, and we were in the weight room with him doing training conditioning stuff, nutrition stuff, um, and then wrestling. And then when I graduated college, um, my uncle um, was starting a wrestling program down in Alabama and down in uh, Madison, Alabama. So, I moved down there to help him start a program um, and then, you know, needed a job. So got a personal training um, certificate real quick. Uh, and then uh, from there, just kind of started training, you know, and, and uh, had a couple clients. Um, and then it, I was my background is health and PE. So, you know, I was looking for a PE job. But unless you're a head football coach, baseball or basketball in Alabama, good luck getting a PE position. And fortunately, you know, the, the, the other assistant coach with me um, was actually from Colorado. Um, and he, he called up his principal out there and um, I got an interview. 
Um, and, uh, you know, my, my wife was a, a geologist for a year um, prior to, you know, me meeting her and all that and was going back to PTA school. So we kind of wanted to get back out the or she wanted to get out um, west and, you know, she's been out there for 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 school and whatnot. And I said, well, I want to get out west. So we ended up packing everything we could in the back of the pickup truck and her car and, and we moved out to Colorado. I got a teaching job out there and uh, that was kind of where I really kind of got into high school. You know, was able to do health and PE, and then got in with the in the weight room doing strength conditioning, and that was that was it. You know, I was hooked, and I think uh, spent two years doing that before I got really really serious about my CSCS, and then the third third or fourth year I went and got my CSCS, and and uh, got to a place where you know I, I wanted to just be a full time strength conditioning coach and. Um, the school I was at, we didn't really have that per se. Um, you know, it was, it was kind of a, you know, the, the, everybody was just kind of in the weight room. So from that point on, I was like, I, I wanted to find that. And the position opened up about a mile from my house. It was an eight minute bike ride. Um, and took that position. And that was at a Vista Ridge High School and spent four years there. And then uh, about a year ago, um, Coach Stewart um, from Ezell Harden gave me a call. You know, and I was sitting on my couch during spring break and he gave me a call and looking for a strength conditioning coach. And I was like, coach, I'm in Colorado. You're in Tennessee, you know, and, um, end up taking a job out here in, in Tennessee and, and, and he's at his L Hardin Christian school and, and been kind of starting this program up, um, you know, was there and just kind of taking it over and rebuilding it. And it's been going pretty well since. Awesome, man. Awesome. And, you know, that's one thing that if you listen to the JT episode that we kind of discussed, that uh, a lot of people are starting to kind of come to Tennessee for strength conditioning and it's starting to become almost a, um, what do you call it? Like a, a normative um, for high schools around here. Um, it, was, it was nice because, you know, coming back here, one of the big things was, was being able to spend more time with family, you know, and I, you know, my wife and I, we have a three-year-old, my wife's family's about, they got, we got cousins about 40 minutes from here. And then her mom lives about an hour and a half from here down in Alabama. Um, and I've got family in Alabama. So it was kind of one of those things where we could come back, be close to family. And we spent eight years in Colorado away from them. Um, so coming back and then the nice thing is they have a program at, at Ezell where my kid can actually go to school with me. And then during my plan period, if I want, I can go down and see them. So, you know, when I was in Colorado, I'd be getting to school every morning by four to get a workout in. And then I'd have kids from 530 in the morning to seven before school. And then teaching classes all day and then after school would be 530 you know before I could leave or whatnot so at that time you know it we're putting Asher down the bed at seven you know I'm barely seeing him so this was kind of nice being able to come back and and be able to spend more time with the family yeah man and that's one thing too like being able to be back with family because I spent time in Illinois and we spent I think eight years up there my high school and college years up there and you know, when we came back, you know, it was nice to be around the family again and, you know, um, everything like that. So I, I totally understand what you're saying when you're like, well, we got to be back with family and, you know, you're having a little bit more um, freedom in your in your work life. You know, you can see your kid more, you can probably see family more, too, at yeah. that point. So that's awesome, man. Um, And kind of go along with this idea of like people are coming to Tennessee like, you, Kylie Feldman, I think Paul Tush from Battlegrounds, uh, all of you are, are outside the state, you know, coming to Tennessee. And so I, I think that's completely awesome that you are heading this way. And, you know, the state of Tennessee is actually progressing in, you know, this profession. 
Yeah, no, I mean, you know, I, I met Kylie. Um, I asked honestly that, that, you know, Coach Stewart, the football coach, how I got out here, he got my number from Kylie. Kylie got my number from Coach Keith, Garrett Keith, one of my mentors down in Alabama. So, you know, it's like everybody's has this connection and it was pretty cool to meet Kylie that way. Um, you know, I met JT and, and Paul at, at uh, the, the state clinic, you know, and I never met them, but it was like, a, you know, real, real welcoming. You know, everybody was real nice, real friendly, whatever you need. Um, you know, JT came 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 up to Ezell a couple weeks or a week ago um, just to kind of hang out, see how we're going, how we're doing things. You know, I think their schedule's changing a little bit to kind of what mine is. Um, so just talking shop with him and and it, it was it was it was cool. You know, it was, it was nice to have that 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 connection again. Absolutely, man. So let's kind of dive into uh, some of the segments here. So let's go ahead and do our tricks and tips. So this can be any trick or tip that you've discovered in your own coaching experience, whether that's the few, the court, uh, Google Sheets, whatever. So just something to help other coaches. Yeah. So I got three of them. Um, I think one like big one for me is you have to know your, your, your court, your, your vision, your mission and your core values. You know, and, and I, you know, when we did that play mentorship a couple of years back, that was that was the big the big thing with it. And, you know, I think for me, before I, I did that, you know, I had a game plan and had that, but I didn't really know what I was doing with it. Right. And when I when I kind of narrowed the the, 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 the vision, the, the, the mission, the core values, I could get the kids on game plan and, and go with what they what, what I wanted them to do and where we needed to go. You know, and, and we had that 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 site you know, the kids could see. And I think that that really made a big difference. Um, and I think the kids knew it and I knew it and the parents knew it and just kind of gave me a, you know, a, a, a guide to where I wanted to take the program. Um, I think the second thing is for me, honestly, is being real, be real with the kids. You know, I think too many times these days, you know, kids are just kind of fed stuff they want to hear. You know, and, and I know, you know, for me, I, I'm real honest with kids. You know, if, if they're not doing things right, I'm going to tell them that, you know, if they're doing things great, we'll tell them that, too. But I think kids want to be fed real, real information, you know, and, and too many times I think people are too worried about some feelings might get hurt. But yet sometimes, you know, I, I, I truly do believe that, that kids want to know the truth. You know, are they doing well? Are they doing bad? What do they need to work on and go from there? Um, so that was my second one. And I think the third one is you got to find some mentors. You got to, you know, um, for me, you know, having Sam Melendrez out in, out in Discovery Canyon, out in Colorado was huge. I mean, he was what, 2000, I think 21, um, NSCA strength coach of the year, you know, high school strength coach of the year. So being able to pick his brain and talk with him and it was phenomenal, you know, having Garrett Keith as the, the main mentor in the play, play deal. That was awesome. You know, we got to see how, how he thought thought through things, how, you know, how he programmed and going through that, you know, and then having Paul Clody, who was also um, one of the, the men mentees, I guess you say with me, you know, with him having his athletic training background, training conditioning background, and gave another, another layer, you know, to, to figure some things out. So finding those mentors that you can kind of talk to and figure some things out with, I, I think that's huge as well. Absolutely. And kind of backtracking, let's kind of like unload some of these things here. So you're talking about like build or having goals and having your program or, um, you know, building philosophy, uh, what you're kind of talking about that first point, you know, uh, I went in for a coaching interview about two years ago for a head strength coach job. And that was the first question they asked me was, uh, you know, what's your philosophy? What's your, 
what's your um you know your principles and all that kind of thing that you fall on and i was like i don't know you know get bigger faster stronger i don't know you know being a 22 23 year old you know fresh green into the field like i didn't know any of this stuff i didn't know what you know i thought i just i just knew what was in the essentials textbook and what i got from undergrad so that you know you know that's huge there for anyone really out there that's um you know, going into strength and conditioning, you know, having a well thought out plan and your principles and your programs and your goals and what you want accomplished there. That that's huge. Well, I, I think that's huge in the fact that, you know, you, you got to know, like, like, example, like I'm taking over this program result. Right. So coming into it, I knew where it was, but I got to know where I want to take it. You know, I, you know, if you, if you know where you want to go with it, then you can get those kids to kind of buy in and go, hey, this is this is where we're at now. We got to continue to build upon this and this is how we're going to do it, you know, and this is where we're going to go. And, you know, you have those core values that you stick with every single day that are like the, the you know, the, the foundation of it, you know, and, you know, we're going to we're going to work hard. You know, we're, we're going to have some integrity, you know, we're, we're going to have you know, uh, the, the sense of family and value behind it all, you know, and this termination, this effort. And this is how we're going to continue to build upon this. You know, and, and uh, you know, Coach Colodi talks about this, you know, uh, in, in a great way. He talks about your vision as like, as like the, the, the promised land, right? It's that sunset that you see, you know, and then the mission is going to be that road that's taking you down that, that uh, taking you to that, that sunset. And then the car is your core values. And I, I think I talked about that at the state clinic a little bit, but, you know, it was, it's one of those things for me that just really kind of hit home. You know, you, you have these core values that's going to continue to drive down this road. It's going to get you to where you want to go. And when you get the kids to buy into that, man, that's next level stuff. Absolutely. And that's a huge part, too, too as well, is when you have your kids buy into what you're doing. You know, it's it's one thing to have this perfect plan on a piece of paper and the packet, whatever, and you present it. And, you know, all sounds good and everything. But unless, you know, you have the buy in from your athletes, your kids, your uh, admin, your coaches, even heck, even your teachers, your coworkers, and stuff like that. I mean, if you don't have to buy in from everyone around there, you you know it looks great and everything, but you know it's it's not going to work to a full functioning system if you know there's no buy in into it. So, awesome right. stuff there, awesome stuff. And um, before we get into the heavy train topic, me, me and Coach Loud talk shop what every once in a few weeks and. You know, kind of just chop it up, talk about whatever. Um, we kind of stumbled on this idea of almost bringing back a blue collar mentality back into strength and conditioning. So uh, let's go ahead and talk about that for our heavy train topic. Um, and that's one thing I, I think we, we've always heard it that like COVID has done impact on the youth of today. Right. Um, our students that, you know, were in middle school. Now they're what, in high school or about to enter high school or their, you know, whatever, you know, we've already heard the impact that COVID's had in the education system right now. Um, but let's talk about almost bringing back this blue collar mentality back into strength and conditioning, back into like working hard and earning what you get. Right. So talk to us about that for a moment. Yeah. You know, um, I grew up in, a, in, in I, I would say a pretty blue collar family. You know, my, my, my dad's a welder, um, you know, my grandparents, um, you know, had a cattle farm um, until just recently, you know, um, and then me being that wrestling background, it was always kind of that, that grind, you know, and, and I remember growing up, you know, there was, you know, you were going to practice, it was for a reason, 
you know, and there, there wasn't slacking, there wasn't any of that. You know, I remember one time I was in elementary practice and my grandma was up, I forget where my parents were at, but my grandma was up and I didn't help roll the mats up. And she yelled at me and made me go back out there and roll these mats up and told me I would never go to practice again with her if she, if I wasn't, you know, doing that. And that was kind of just that, that stuff that was kind of instilled in me as a kid, you know, um, you know, my dad was gone for, for, for two weeks, come home for a weekend. Cause he'd be working, you know, I'm like, I need this done. Okay. You know, and, and it was one of those things where you had to make sure it was done. You know, and I remember, you know, he gave me one of those old school sickles, you know, you sit there, you swing it back and forth. And, and, uh, I remember the one time he, he, he said, we're going to push this, this whole property back. So that was what I did. You know, we spent the summer doing that, or we cut wood or, you know, whatever it was, um, you know, very blue collar. And that's kind of how my whole family was. So to me, training was always, you know, there, there's a reason why you're doing it. You know, you're coming into it and and you're getting after it. And there's times right now where I don't see that. You know, I see kids coming in and it's just kind of like, all right, we're here because we have to. Or, you know, we're this or that. Or, you know, lifting isn't isn't important because I I do this. You know, and I think sometimes, you know, we're 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 lost in in what maybe parents did when they were younger, you know, when it came to sports. And they don't know so much about it. So we're trying to instill that in some of these kids and especially trying to instill a work ethic in the weight room, a work ethic in the sport and kind of combining those together. And I think a lot of it's 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 I don't think the kids have changed. I think the the, the parents and the coaches have changed. Right. In the sense that a kid's going to is going to pick up what a kid sees. You know, I mean, I, I watch out my, my, my three year old right now. You know, I, he, the other day he grabbed the PVC pipe and was, was doing some overhead squats, you know, just because he, he saw, he saw dad do it. Right. But I think when, when, when we as the adults back off and don't hold kids accountable all the time, then at that point, what's happening, the kids don't see the reason why they got to continue to push hard, you know? And, and so for me, that getting that, that little bit of a grind back in them and, and wanting to push through some, some adversity, I think that's huge. Yeah, and while you're sitting there talking about it, I was thinking about this movie quote from Remember the Titans. It was, attitude reflects leadership. And so when you're talking about, you know, you know how, how parents and coaches have changed over time, you know, you know, letting things fall to the cracks or, uh, you know, I guess turning the other cheek, as some people may say it, you know, I don't think kids have really changed. I think they've been impacted by COVID or, you know, external factors. They may be, they, I think they have a lot more distractions than what you or me have had in the last like 20, 30 years. But at the same time, kids have, kids are going to be kids. And that's all that they have been kids. since the history of forever, you know? Um, but coaches and parents have also changed along the time as well. And um, I, I do agree with that quote of attitude reflects leadership because like whatever, and I always heard this as well, whatever you allow is what you, um, was it whatever you allow is whatever you, is something I can't remember on top of my head. It's like that. It's like the, whatever you allow becomes the standard, you know? And, and that's what it is. You know, again, my, my, my high school coach, I mean, just this man, he, I ended up lifting with him um, was my, my, after my freshman year of college during that summer, you know, but he wrestled in college. Um, you know, actually, he actually wrestled at, at, at my rivalry college at Bloomsburg University. So, you know, him and I would always go back and forth, but 
you know, he, he worked construction, but every morning he'd be at the gym by 5 a.m. And then he'd go and work construction and then he'd come to wrestling practice or football practice, or whatever it was that he was coaching, you know, and, and Coach Sackman, he was a hard working dude, you know, and we never lost because we were out of shape under him. You know, he, he it was you're coming, you're going to do what needs to. And I think, you know, having him as a coach was 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 phenomenal, you know, being able to see that. And then, you know, I remember I went, like I said, I, I worked out and worked, worked out with him the one summer. And I went down to Virginia for, for to help my other um, assistant coach with a camp. And I came back and we were bench pressing. He's like, you look all weak. You didn't do anything for a week. You know, your triceps are weak and this and that. And I was just like, okay, coach, you know, but he was that man that would push you to your limits in, in the wrestling room. You know, you think you couldn't go more and he'd make you go more, you know? And it was one of those things where I think, you know, maybe you and I were growing up. It was, oh, coach sees this. I want to please him. I want to make him happy. And I want to do this where, now I, I, you know, there there are some coaches that will, that can do that for some kids, but the kids don't actually have. I don't think that that internal drive as much. You know, there it's what's next. You have the NIL deals going on now too. You know, with all this other thing. So things have definitely changed from when you and I grew up to what these kids got to go through now. I agree with that, and because like coaching football now for the last about three, four, four or five years, whatever, um, I've always seen in the high school round that like their motivation is going to college, right? You got to get that college scholarship. I, I want to post and I won't be on social media. I want praise because I'm going, I have a college scholarship lined up for me. And the idea of that for coaches having that as motivation always kind of weirded me out a little bit. And the reason why is because like high school football should be fun. It shouldn't be motivated by status. I guess it's the best way I can put it that way. Because, like, you're there to have fun, to work hard, to do the things that you need to do to play the sport that you want to play. Not because you want to be this high and mighty person on social media, which, by the way, social media is fake anyways. Um, but that's that I always, in my mind, I always, you know, I'm always proud of the kids that worked really hard to get that scholarship. And, you know, they want to post it on there just to say, you know, I accomplished something, you know, that, that's something great for them. But on the other side, you know, I'm going to this college, you know, look at me. And then I, you know, it's always a fine line between those cast of players. And, you know, as a coach, you kind of know who those are and who, you know, who's actually bust or tell to get there and who just wants the, the social praise for that. So. Yeah. You know, and, and again, I think, you know, worth where I'm at now, you know, again, it's, it's the standard that I'm setting. Right. And, and just trying to change this culture. And I think it's going, it's going extremely well, you know, but the, the mindset that, that we have right now is vastly different from what it was when I first started there, you know, and, and it's, it's pretty cool to watch, you know, these kids, you know, we got a couple of girls that are, are front squatting over 135 and they've never done that before, you know, and, and they're like, I don't know if I can do it. It's like, yeah, you can just do it. Just here we go. You know, you know, and, and then when they start doing that, then they're, they're building the confidence in themselves. And and I think when, when when there is a little bit of a grind and a little bit of, you know, the ability to come over to overcome some adversity and these, these kids will shine and go further and further and further. And, and again, I think that goes back to that 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 tip I was talking about earlier, being real with the kids. You know, I've got I've got a couple of girls that right now that don't know how strong they really are. You know, and, and I've always said this for girls, you got to put weight on the bar for the guys. You got to take weight off the bar. 
you know, and, and so seeing a couple of the girls now, they're just putting weight on with no problem or saying, yeah, I got this. Like I had a, a basketball girl the other day say, you know, she's like, coach, I'm getting stronger. I'm like, yep, keep going. And actually, you know, I look over and she's got 145 on the bar for a front squat, you know, and, and then the, the cheer team that I worked with in Colorado, I think we had what three or four girls that were front squatting over 225 for reps, you know, and, and just watching, watching them go, you know, we've got three girls that from, from that team that just won a national championship um, at Dodge city, you know, and uh, at, uh, at um, the cheer competition they had in college over the weekend, you know, so it's, it's just watching them continue to build and kind of know their ability and be able to push past it a little bit. Yeah, being real with them is kind of that game changer because, you know, I, and we kind of talked about this a little bit early on. I think dude, some kids are fed fluff in a way that uh, it's okay, you know, you'll be all right. And, um, you know, there's always a time and place to tell a kid that, you know, they don't, we don't need to be as hard on them every single day because one, that's going to drain them. It's going to drain you and it's not fun. Um, but at the same time, like, being real with some of your athletes, like you could put more weight on that. You know, you're living in yourself. You know, if I let you just put tens on for front squats for the next 12 weeks, you know, what does it say as me as a coach? You know, um, if I just let you cuss out another kid in the weight room, what does that say as me as a coach? Like you, you have to uphold that standard of working hard. And I think to a, to a degree that, Kids, athletes need to see you do the hard things that they do. You know, you're prescribing. Well, um, let's just let's go with push-ups. You know, you're prescribing 200 push-ups. When was the last time you did 200 push-ups? You know, uh, you were prescribing them to do four sets of eight on at 80 percent uh, bench press. When was the last time you did that? You know, I think that's a, a great mentality to have in, inside the weight room. No, for sure. You know, and I, I think you brought up a good deal where, or a good thought, you know, do the, do the kids see you work out? Do the kids know what you do? You know, and like for me, to be honest with you, my alarm goes off every morning at three, you know, by three 30, I'm starting a, a warm up, and, you know, by, by four, we're going, you know, and I'll lift, you know, do, and that's, that's time for me, but my kids know what I do, you know, and that I got some kids, what'd you do this morning? What'd you do today? What'd you do this? You know, and we had that conversation, you know, and, and a couple of them, like a couple of football kids, um, you know, that I have now are just like, I don't know how you do that. I'm like, well, you'll get there. Like, you know, you got to build that, build that capacity, you know, build this and just, just trust the process and move, move with it. And I think, you know, when your kids know you train or, you know, they, they see the dedication that you have, they're, they're willing to put a little bit more work in with you. Yeah. And kind of shameless plug here as well. Like, when we just started this uh, conjugate heart program, I mean, we're posting on social media every single day of what we did exactly that day. And I like the format that you put on that you're putting on every single thing or a little snippet of everything that you're doing. So the Max Vila runs, you know, the tempo running, uh, the lifting, everything like that. I mean, and of course, you know, kids are all over social media and they're seeing you do this stuff. They're going to be more likely to say, all right, this guy knows what or whoever this coach knows what they're doing because they're doing the things that they are asking me to do. And so I'm going to go yeah. out there and I'm going to do hard things too. Yeah. You know, and I, I think the kids see it and then the coaches see it. And then I think the other one, you know, if they follow you or the parents are seeing it, 
you know, and, and I think at the high school level that that's important, you know, I mean, how many, how much time do you spend with these kids compared to what the parents do? You know, and, and when, when you get the, when you get the buy-in from the coaches, the admin, that's great. But if you get the buy-in from parents as well, that puts a whole another level of things on there. Absolutely. Um, kind of, let's kind of peel back a little bit. Um, and talk about like how to, and we, we kind of dabbled on it a little bit, how to instill this idea, this mentality of working hard because kids are kids and they get easily distracted and then their social pressure and then social media on top of that. Then they have school and then they like a girl or boy and then, you know, they have everything else going on for them. So how do you almost like block out all the distractions and just have them focus in on and lock in on what they're supposed to be doing for you. And that's that, that's that million dollar question, right? You know, and I, I think everybody's got, got a different answer for it. You know, I, I think for me, it really comes down to holding those core values that I have, you know, and, and using those to, to kind of drive, drive the ship, you know, I guess you per se. Um, so for me is like, I'm always, always around right always eyes are open mouse mouse going and, and you know the, the kids are like and you see everything you don't miss anything so it's it's one of those things where you know honestly by the end of the day i'm exhausted but i think it's that deal where you're staying on every single kid you know you're, you're watching them are, are they sitting down too long right do you, do you know where they're at did they just finished the rep did they just do this you know um whatever it may be and that's just sticking on to the kids because then for me if they if they know you know what the expectation is if i just look over them and give them this look like what are you doing they're like yeah got it and they're back into it you know and it, it's holding the kids accountable you know and, and i think you, you always hear that, that that saying as teachers you know you don't crack a smile till december or whatever it is right you know and but it, it's really hard if you don't have the expectations set from the get-go to you know and you let them do what they want and then later on you're trying to reel things back in it doesn't happen you know and again i think that's that was that's the the, the the million dollar question, right? Stick to the stick to you know your expectations, and then continue to build off those expectations. You know, I've got like I said, I've got kids that you know maybe they're doing a one arm dumbbell row. You know, I just look at them and just give them this blank stare, and they're like, "Got it, go up." Yep, and they'll they'll go grab heavier weight. You know, but it's it's pushing them, but being real about it. You know, and or, you know, if they don't have enough weight on, sometimes it's like you got to go up and wait and just be in there and tell them that, you know, and and they're like, well, I don't know how much weight. And you just, I don't know, go grab tens, put tens on, you know, and then and then sometimes it's they just need that 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 person there as a spotter, I guess you could say, you know, your finger might just be touching the bar, not really doing anything, but they get it all of a sudden. Right. It's that mental block that they got to get past. And then once once you can show them how to and help them do that for themselves, it's a big game changer, right? So to me, it's just holding your standards and holding holding your core values and what you truly believe to push the kids and getting them to buy into that. Yeah, and something came up in my mind as you're sitting there talking through, and we can go down this rabbit hole if we so choose to, but, um, you know, I've always kind of like the idea of the weight room being like a classroom. Right. You're in there as a teacher. You're teaching 30, 40, 50, however many students, student athletes in there at once. Um, and I think that's kind of a great way to kind of like bring his ideas of teaching because I, I teach as well. I teach biology right now. 
And that's one thing they teach us is basically hold your standards, hold your um, accountability to the students. You know, if they're sitting there cussing someone else in the office, you know, there's policy procedures, whatever. I almost like to think about the weight room being like a classroom. And I, I saw that on Twitter um, a few months ago. I think it's from Missy that she talked about that uh, on one of her posts at first. But I really like the idea. Yeah, you know, and it, I did a, a what was it the coaches conference? I did I talked to you know, the NSCA coaches conference talked about curriculum, right? And then um, last year at the regional, um, the Rocky Mountain Regional, I talked about curriculum development for strength and conditioning. You know, to me, that's my background is teaching, right? It's health and PE, and I think it, it's it when you can bring a curriculum into the weight room, and that that, that makes it that makes yourself even more unique. You know, it's not just about developing the athletes, but it's about at this point developing the, the entire individual, you know, can are you helping them become physically literate individuals, you know, and, and, and doing that and teaching them how to be physically literate, how to work out, how to take care of themselves. You know, too many times, I think we, we just kind of come in and, or you'll see kids just go to the gym and they're doing buys and tries and they're doing this. And they don't really know what it is they're doing or the reason why. So for me, being able to teach that to these kids and 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 have them understand that concept, that that that's huge for me, you know. And and for me, that's that's what I want from these kids. I want them to be able to leave me in, you know, three, four, five, six years, however long I have them, be able to go to their own gym and know exactly what they need to do, know some basic nutrition, know some muscles, know, know you know, know how to use the the equipment, and take care of themselves. I mean, how much research out there talks about you know, kids that have a PE class or an arts class before before a big, you know, core class do better in those classes. Well, there's a lot out there, you know. So for me, I think it's 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 just vital to have an actual curriculum developed for these kids. Um, you know, and I think especially if you're trying to get a job in the high school setting, that's huge because now that gives you something to to kind of go with. When you can bring a curriculum to a school that's in strength conditioning or or in health and physical education. You know, that gets more buy-in from from the parents, I think. It's more buy-in from the community. It gets more buy-in from from the administration as well. Uh, I really liked your presentation at the Tennessee State Clinic because you brought up, actually, the Tennessee Physical Education Standards and, you know, brought them to lines of what we do in strength and conditioning. And uh, it, you know, falls directly in line to what we're trying to achieve and also what the state of Tennessee wants us to teach. So um, really great stuff there because I, I, I'll be honest, I didn't even look at the Tennessee standards of physical education. You know, I've always been a core uh, subject teacher. So math, science, uh, I taught social studies at one point. But like, um, you know, I didn't realize that those physical education standards fall directly into what a strength conditioning role could look like. So really good stuff there, man. Yeah. No, and you know, and it, it's it's funny to, see, to look at that because a lot of like the the PE curriculum stuff, the state standards or national standards. I mean, you can almost tie that in a lot with some science standards or some math standards, and 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 go about it and have like a you know a, a cross curriculum. You know, I think uh, you know Gary's Schofield talks about you know you can have a you know, how can a PE class or a weights class sorry tie into like a STEM or a STEAM you know curriculum as well. 
Um, you know, and that was something that if I was staying in Colorado, we were kind of working into that with, with the school on how to get that weights program into the kind of the, the STEM curriculum as well. Um, you know, so that was, it would have been something interesting to see how that could have worked. Um, but obviously I <laughs> moved up to Tennessee. So. Yeah. Um, you're better off in Tennessee anyways, Coach Leon. We like you here. Um, Kind of going off of um, still, you know, kind of developing that um, that focus in locking mentality. Is there anything that you really do in your own particular work that that helps at least bring kids in and help them focus? Like I like something I personally do. Uh, for me, you know, um, it's just kind of I think training myself, you know, and dialing in on the stuff that that I I truly find that matters. You know, for me, you know, that that sense of family, you know, sense of value, integrity, determined effort, you know, that kind of stuff for me is is huge. Um, you know, I've read, a, you know, David Goggins books. I like those, you know, and then uh, just read um, the 12 hour walk. Uh, I can't remember what the guy's name was who wrote that it was Colin Brady or something like that. Um, but, you know, he was talking about, you know, he would and I'm actually reading his other book right now. Um, but it's all about him walking across Antarctica. You know, was the first person to do it, you know, unsupported, basically without, you know, any, you know, basically he was just on skis and dragging this, this sled across Antarctica um, and got to the point where he was just kind of by himself and his own thoughts, you know, and I think those, that for me, that kind of stuff where you, you see people do this like impossible stuff and you're like just wondering how they're doing, it, you know, and how they push themselves and that next level, you know, I got a buddy, uh, Jay, Jay Morrison, you know, I, I coached his kids out in, out in Colorado um, heck, his son's a world champ jujitsu guy, you know, but former, I believe, you know, former Marine recon, you know, this guy is just, he's incredible. You know, you just listen to his story and you, know, you talk with him and he, you just make, you just, you just want to do better because of him. Right. So I think it's for me just working and continue to push myself and see how far I can take myself to it. Um, and then finding those, those people that, that, that are like-minded that will continue to push you as well. Is there anything that you do for your mental sanity, like any meditations, um, anything like that? Uh, I think for me, a lot of it was wrestling, you know, or, you know, doing MMA. You know, I fought MMA for a couple of years and then trained, uh, uh, trained, trained a guy that was in UFC named Jeremy Kimball, you know, and just going and training with those guys and seeing how far you can push yourself uh, on the mat, um, you know, you against somebody else. That was huge for me. Um, and then I think now it's just, all right, you know, with the training that I'm doing now, how far can I take it? How far, how hard can I push today? You know, you know, like, like you said, we're, we're still doing, you know, we're doing the, the, the conjugate hard challenge right now. But for me, I know I've still got three more weeks of the program that I was doing prior, you know? So I'm like, I can't just stop that. So, you know, I'm hitting the, the conjugate, the, the two workouts for conjugate hard, you know, later on, but then I'm also hitting my own personal workout in the first thing in the morning. So again, to me, that's a, it's another challenge. Instead of doing just two workouts, all right, I got this third one. Okay, how how hard can I push that one and continue to push these the, the, you know, the, the conjugate hard ones? You know, so it's again just taking things to the next level and seeing how far I can still push myself. So, like, I I think people start to find like a mental sanity in like the weight room as well because it becomes like a peace of mind, even like doing things like meditation or prayer or whatever you, you know you believe um 
you know, it's all about that kind of mental sanity and also like a mental fortitude as well. The like, you know, when you talk about like jujitsu or martial arts artists, you know, the world class ones have a steel mind that they they will not break. Nothing will break them. And kind of the same thing in wrestling. Like if you're on your back, I mean, you are arching as all get out. You are on your neck. You know, you're, you're not getting pinned for that day. You right. know, it, kind of that mental fortitude. Yeah. You know, and, and I think I think wrestling was one of those big ones, you know, for me anyway. You know, I, my uncle, you know, he's a he's a two time state champ from Alabama, you know, and I think he j- he just turned 50. And, you know, when him and I wrestle, he he does not want to lose, you know, and, and I don't want to lose. You know, that's the that's the that's the deal. You know, when we go at it, you know, and, and I think it's just wrestling was, was big for me. It was a huge part of my life. You know, and still is. It's just, you know, now I think priorities have kind of changed just a little bit. But that that I think that right there really, truly helped me, you know, have that sense of grit and sense of that mental capacity that it's like, all right, this is what I've done. This is the practices I've gone through. Everything else that I'm doing right now is easy. You know, and I think that's back to that Dan Gable thing. You know, Dan Gable once said, you know, once you've wrestled everything else in life is easy. And I think some of the practices that I've gone through in college and high school and, you know, MMA, like there's literally times I'm like, yeah, this, this is, this is easy. You know, when I was fighting, I think going into my last fight um, that I had, you know, I, I knew for me personally that nobody was going to outtrain me. So, you know, when I got into the cage, that was kind of the thing for me. It was just kind of like, I'm good, you know, and, and I wasn't worried about the cardio, wasn't worried about anything. I just knew that, nothing this guy was going to do was going to push me to the limit that I had that, that I pushed myself to. And that was to me, that mindset that I had. That's absolutely a great mindset to have. I think a beneficial mindset to have inside the weight room as well. Like no one's going to beat me that uh, no one's going to beat me this day. Um, when I was in college football, you know, I was a two ten center um, my sophomore year. I mean, I came into the program one ninety. And that, you know, for a college offensive lineman, that's tiny. That's, that's small. And, uh, the Latin, you know, my sophomore, my junior, I, you know, kind of did the same thing of like, I put in my mind, like, yeah, you may be bigger, you may be faster, you may even be stronger, but you're not going to outwork me. And so, I mean, that's, I think that's such a great mentality to have, man. Like, like, like you said, it's that, it's that competition piece, right? You know, and you, you see some of those, people that will do the like velocity stuff. Right. You know, and I did this when I was in Colorado, we had velocity bands where you get two kids going at it, man, they're trying to move that bar with weight. And I think you, you start to see a little bit of grit there, you know, you, uh, you know, Oh, so-and-so is not going to beat me with this. And, you know, I think that's a great way to get some, some, some grit and some, some, uh, you know, hard work put in the weight room is do some, do some competitions, you know, and I'll be honest, like, you know, we do a little bit here and there, but it's more on sprints or something like that right now. You know, we're we're in the process right now of getting uh, um, uh, velocity based stuff next year. And I, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing that. You know, we uh, we tested out um, what was it uh, Vertruve? You know, we, we we tested them out, and I put a couple kids on that just to test them out, and they were they're like, no, he's not beating me on this. So that was pretty cool to see. You know, we got a a seventh you know a seventh grader that looks like and and be honest with you, looks like lifts like and is probably could be a, a, a junior right now. I mean, the kid's in seventh grade and he put 225 on for front squat like it was nothing the other day, you know? And I'm just looking at this kid like, 
man, I don't like you. I love you, but I don't like you either, you know, because I, you know, I won't be that, you know. But, you know, he was using the velocity stuff just because of where he was. And I think, you know, just getting him dialed in on that made him a little bit more competitive too. Yeah, absolutely, man. And that's kind of cool to have a seventh grader base. You could be a junior at that point, so that's pretty yeah. sick. That kid's – you can ask JT about that kid. That kid's nuts. All right, so let's go ahead and go into this live segment here. So it's called Conjugate Coach Spotlight. So is there anyone out there that's making the difference in the industry or anyone that you want to shout out? There's a lot, man. (laughs) You know, I I think I look back at, you know, some of the guys in Colorado, you know, Sam Melendrez is at Discovery Canyon. Um, You know, like I said, big mentor for me. You know, um, I think he's 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 killing it out there right now. Um, I think he's actually up for uh, um, Colorado. shape shape teacher of the year too which is like the the, the pe the pe teacher um so he's up for that you know up for that award um you know brian adams um, i think sheridan up in sheridan uh, i think it's in indiana he you know he's doing he's killing it coach fearson up in indiana um you know nick ficker you know uh and then grant stewart at severance high school in colorado and then everett um ritter boss if you haven't followed that man that that dude he's awesome that, that whole holy family up in up I think it's Denver area in Colorado. Um, but there's a lot of guys that are just killing it, you know, and just I think a lot of times people don't don't recognize or don't see it, you know, and I think they're they're doing great with it all too. Yeah, man, and that's one thing about like strength coaches or I guess coaches in general, we like to live in the shadows, man. Like we're not you know, we're not the forefront of a program or anything like that. And we're we we don't we're not really out there, you know, right? And, you know, we like to live in the shadows. So, um, yeah, awesome stuff there, Coach. Um, well, man, it's been an honor. It's been awesome for you to be on the Conjugate Chats. And I know we kind of, you know, talked back and forth about being on it and trying to make time and everything like that, man. But it's awesome to have you on, Coach. Nah, man, I appreciate it. Thank you very much, Wes. Absolutely. And uh, that's another episode of the Conjugate Chats. Please follow our social media platforms at Conjugate Chat Podcast on Twitter and TikTok. Also, follow Coach, Coach Loudon on his social medias as well. In the name of strength, stay strong and have a day today.